0: Star Wars, The Han Solo Adventures by Brian Daly Read by Alec Bowles Han Solo and the Lost Legacy Two. The Millennium Falcon rested on Brigia's single spaceport landing field. She looked very much like the battered, much-repaired, and worn-out stock freighter she was. But there were incongruities. The irregular docking tackle, oversized thruster ports, heavy weapons turrets, and late-model sensor suite dish betrayed something about her real line of work. That's the last of the tapes, Hahn announced. He checked the offloading on his handheld readout screen as Bollocks, the labor droid, stumped past, guiding a repulsor lift hand truck. The automaton's green finish looked eerie in the glow of the irradiators with which the ship was now rigged. Brigia was flagged in all the standard directories, thus requiring Phase I decontam procedures. The ship's environmental systems circulated broad-spectrum anti-contamination aerosols along with air. Han's and Chewbacca's immunization treatments would protect them against local maladies but they were nonetheless eager to be away. Han watched Bollock's head for the steam-powered freight truck parked near the ship. The glare of the landing field's Illumigrids showed him the Brigian workers, all volunteers from the budding college, arranging crates, packing canisters and carry cases that the Falcon had delivered. They conversed animatedly among themselves, thrilled, with the new broadcasting equipment, and especially with the library of tapes. Hahn turned to Hissel, who had accompanied him on the flight, and who was to be the college's first president. The only thing left to get outboard is your duplicator. Ah, yes, the duplicator, a most awaited item, commented Hissel, and the most expensive. It will print and collate material at speeds our own presses cannot match, and... Synthesize any paper or other material from the raw constituents it contains. This, from a device that fits into a few crates. Amazing. Han made a noncommittal sound. Bollocks was returning, and Han called down the curve of the passageway. Chewie, secure the main hold and crack open the number two. I want to get that duplicator off and raise ship. From aft, echoed the Wookiee's answering growl. Captain. There's one more thing, Hissel went on, drawing a pouch from beneath his lateral folds. Han's right hand dropped immediately to his blaster. Hissel, sensing his breach of decorum, held up a thin hand in denial. Be of tranquil mind. I know that among your kind, it is customary to offer a gratuity for a task well done. Hissel plucked a curl of bills out of his pocket and extended it to the pilot. Han examined the bills. They had a strange texture, more like textile than like paper. What is this stuff? A new innovation, admitted Hissel. Several progressions ago, the new regime replaced bartering and local coinages with a planetary-wide monetary system. Hans slapped the sheaf of minutely inscribed bills against the palm of his flying glove, which gives them a hammerlock on trade, of course. Well, thanks anyway, but this stuff isn't worth much off-planet. Hissel's elongated face grew even longer. Unfortunately, only the new regime may hold off-world currency. Thus, all equipment and materials for our school had to come by donation. The first thing the new regime did when it accumulated enough credits was bring in a developmental consulting firm. Aside from the currency system, the firm's main accomplishment... Was to profit from a major purchase of military equipment, which included that warship you saw. Han had noticed the ship, a pocket cruiser of the outmoded Marauder class, surrounded by work lights and armed guards. Her main control stacks blew on a shakedown cruise. Hissel explained. Naturally, there are no Brigian techs capable of repairing her. And so she remains inert until the regime can muster enough credits to import techs and parts. That money could have brought us commercial technology or medical advancements. Han nodded. First thing most of these boondock worlds do, no offense, Hissel, is pick up some toys to build their image. Then their neighbors run out and do the same. We are a poor planet, the Briggian told him solemnly, and have more important priorities. Han declined further comment on that subject. Bollocks had returned and was waiting for Han's next order, when suddenly there was a distant screeching of steam sirens. Han walked down to the ramp's hinged foot. Closing in from all sides were rows of lumbering metal power wagons, petro engines chugging, sirens ripping the night, high wheels making the landing field tremble. ARC spotlights swung to converge on the Millennium Falcon and the freight truck. Han shouldered past Hissel and dashed to the ramp head. Chewie, we've got problems. Get into the cockpit and charge up the main guns. He rejoined Hissle halfway down the ramp. The college volunteers stood surprised and unmoving on the bed of their truck, unsure of what to do. In moments, the cordon of power wagons had been drawn tightly. Doors flew open, and squads of figures came leaping from the vehicles. They were obviously government troops, carrying old-fashioned solid projectile firearms. But something about their uniforms seemed odd. The troops wore human-style military regalia, ill-suited to the gawkish Briggian anatomy. Hahn surmised that remnants and leftovers had been foisted off on the unsuspecting new regime as part of their overall military purchase. The soldiers marched in badly-fitting battle harness, far-too-loose helmets perched precariously on their heads, filigreed epaulets sagging forlornly from their narrow shoulders, embroidered dispatch cases flopping against their skinny posteriors. Their legs and feet were too narrow for combat boots, so the warriors of Brigia wore natty pink spats with glittering buttons over bare feet. Among what Han assumed to be their officer corps were an abundance of medals and citations, one or two ceremonial swords, and several drooping cummerbunds. A number of troops with no detectable talent were blowing bugles. In moments, the soldiers had taken the shocked college volunteers captive at bayonet point. Other units advanced on the starship. Han had already grasped Hissel's thin arm and was dragging him up the ramp. But this is an atrocity. We have done nothing wrong. Han released him and plunged through the main hatch. You want to debate that with a bullet? Make up your mind. I'm sealing up. Hissel hurried up the ramp. The main hatch rolled down just as the troops reached the ramp's foot. Han heard a salvo of bullets ricocheting off it. In the cockpit, Chewbacca had already activated defensive shields and had begun warming up the engines. Hissel trailing Han, was still protesting. Han couldn't take the time to reply. He was completely absorbed in readying the ship for takeoff. The volunteers were being dragged, pushed, and thrown into confinement in the waiting wagons. The few who protested were summarily struck down and towed off by their slender, strangely boned ankles. Han noticed that the brigands' war-bannered personnel carriers were, in fact garbage trucks of an outdated model. Chewbacca made a grating sound through clenched teeth. I'm mad about our money, too, Han replied. How do we get the other half if we can't get a delivery receipt? The troops were taking up firing positions in ranks around the starship. They couldn't have waited another ten minutes, Han muttered. A brigand stepped out in front of the firing lines. Because of the glare of the spotlights, Han had to shield his eyes with his hand to see that the Brigian held a loudhailer in one hand and an official-looking scroll in the other. Han donned his headset and flipped on an external audio pickup in time to hear. No harm will come to you, good friends from space. The peace-loving new regime requires only that you surrender the fugitive now on board your vessel. The Brigian government will trouble you no further. Han keyed his headset mic over to external speaker mode. What about our pay? He avoided looking at Hissel, but kept one hand close to his sidearm. Agreements can be reached, honored off-worlder. The brigian below answered, allow me to come on board and parley. Han keyed his mic again. Pull the soldiers back and turn those spotlights off. Meet me at the ramp. No weapons, no stunts. The Briggian passed his loud hailer to a subordinate and motioned with the scroll. The ranks fell back and the spotlights flickered out. The marshal garbage trucks withdrew. Keep an eye on things, Hahn instructed his first mate. If anyone moves wrong, let me know. Hissel was outraged. Is it your plan to treat with these hoodlums? Legally speaking, they haven't got a receptacle to scloob in. I assure you, the courts don't concern us now, Han interrupted, motioning him aside. Go find a seat in the forward compartment and don't worry. We won't hand you over to them. With great dignity, Hissel corrected him. My concern is for my friends. Bollocks, the labor droid, was waiting in the passageway. The crated duplicator components loaded on his hand truck. In his measured drawl, the automaton asked, "'What are your instructions, Captain?' "'Han sighed. "'I don't know. "'Why is it I never get the easy jobs?' "'Go up forward, bollocks. "'If I need you, I'll holler.' "'The machine's heavy feet clattered on the deck plates. "'Chewbacca yowled that the area was clear. "'Han pulled his blaster. "'The main hatch rolled up, "'and at the ramp's foot waited the brigian. "'He was taller than Hissel, "'broadly built for his species.' his color a little darker than average. He wore a chrome-studded battle harness, rhinestone shoulder boards with dangling brushes at the ends, several colorful aiguillettes, a salad of decorations, and impressive red-sequined spats. A plume bobbed from his tilting helmet. Han beckoned warily. The creature marched up the ramp, the scroll tucked under one arm. Han stopped him at the head of the ramp, shucked the harness in the tin lid and tossed them back down. The creature complied. Welcome to our fair planet, fellow biped, he said with an effort at heartiness. I am Inspector Keek, chief of the internal security police of the very progress-minded new regime of Brigia. He cast his harness and helmet away with a racket of clanking metal. I figured you weren't the boosters club, Hans said wryly, making the inspector raise long, skinny arms high. He cautiously poked at the security chief's lateral folds to make sure he had no hidden weapons there. Keek wriggled. This close, Han could read Keek's medals. Either those two had been obtained secondhand, he thought, or the inspector was also spelling champ of the planet Ur-7. All right, into the forward compartment there. Best behavior now. I've had all the games I'm going to play today. Entering the forward compartment, Keek gazed without comment at Hissel, who was seated in an acceleration chair near the holo game board. The inspector found his own seat by the tech station. Bollocks had seated himself on the curved acceleration couch behind the game board. Han rested one hip on the gleaming game board. Now what's the hitch? I've got my clearances. The Imperials aren't going to be too happy about you local enforcers trying to hijack an authorized shipment. Keek spoke with forced jocularity. Ah, you scaredy-norg-human. Nothing's wrong. The benevolent inner council held an emergency session when word of this transaction reached them and placed all teaching materials and off-world literature on the restricted list. He waved the beribboned scroll. I have here the edict which I am to present to you. And just who's the flaming inner council? Listen, Slim. No little slowpoke world alters imperial trade agreements. That he himself had often broken imperial laws, shattered them to fragments would be more accurate, was something he chose not to mention. We are merely here, my troops and I, Keek replied evenly, to take temporary custody of the cargo in question, until a Tyon representative and an imperial adjudicator can be summoned. The arrests were strictly an internal matter. And the Tyon representative and the Imperial adjudicator would undoubtedly come with price tags attached, Han reflected. So who pays me? Keek attempted to smile. He looked preposterous. Our supply of Imperial currency is depleted just now due to repairs to our space fleet. But our Treasury's note or our planetary currency, no play money. Unexploded, I want my cargo back. And besides, one run-down gunboat is no space fleet. Impossible. The cargo is evidence for the trial of certain seditionists, one of whom you've been deceived into sheltering. Come, Captain. Cooperate, and you'll be well received here. Keek winked with effort. Come, we'll pass intoxicating liquids through our bodies and boast of our sporting abilities. Let us be jolly and clumsy as humans love to be. Han, who hated being played for a sucker worse than anything, gritted his teeth. I told you already, I don't want any of your homemade cash. A sudden thought struck him, and he jumped up. You want part of my cargo? Keep it but I'm going to come across to Hissle with what's left. The security chief seemed amused. You seek to extort me with educational materials? Come, Captain. We're both worldly chaps. Han ignored Keek's attempt at flattery. Carrying a power pry bar, he began breaking packing straps from a crate on the hand truck. This is a duplicator, just a thing to set up a college press with. But it's a top-of-the-line model, and it's versatile. Hissel, I'll take that tip after all. Confused, Hissel handed over the Brigian currency. Hans showed them one of the duplicator's components. This is the Prototyper. You can program it for what you want, or feed it as a sample. Like this. He inserted a Brigian bill and punched several buttons. The Prototyper whirred, lights blinked, and the original bill reappeared, together with an identical copy. Han held it up to the light, eyeing the duplicate critically. Keek made choking sounds, comprehending now that the pilot was holding his planet's entire monetary system hostage. Hmm. Not perfect, Han noted. But if you supplied the machine with local materials, it would work. And for different serial numbers on each bill, you just program that into the machine. That consulting firm must have been a cut-rate operation. They didn't even bother to set up a secure currency. The new regime had obviously been the victim of aggressive salesmanship. Well, Keek, what do you... Keek had snapped the end off his scroll's wooden core and pointed it directly at Han, who didn't doubt for a second that he was looking down the barrel of a gun. "'Lay your pistol on that table, alien primate,' hissed Keek. "'You will now have your automaton take the hand truck, "'and he, you, and the traitor Hissle will precede me down the ramp.' "'Hahn gave Bollocks the order as he carefully put his blaster on the game board, "'knowing Keek would shoot him if he tried to warn Chewbacca. "'But as Keek reached to take possession of the blaster, Han inconspicuously touched the game board's master control.' Miniature holo monsters leaped into existence, weird creatures of a dozen worlds, spitting and striking, roaring and hopping. Keek jumped back in surprise, firing his scroll weapon by reflex. A beam of orange energy crashed into the board, and the monsters evaporated into nothingness. At the same instant, Han, with a star pilot's reflexes, threw himself onto the security chief. "'catching hold of the hand holding the scroll gun. "'He groped for his blaster with his free hand, "'but Keek's shot had knocked it from the game board. "'The security chief possessed incredible strength. "'Not stopped by the pilot's desperate punches, "'Keek hurled him halfway across the compartment "'and brought his weapon around. "'Just then, Hissle landed on his shoulders, "'making Keek stagger against the edge "'of the acceleration couch. "'The two Briggians struggled.' their arms and legs intertwining like a confusion of snakes. But Keek was stronger than the smaller Hissel. Bit by bit, he brought his weapon around for a shot. Han got back into the fight with a side-on kick that knocked the scroll aside so that the charge meant for Hissel burned a deep hole in one of the safety cushions. The scroll gun was apparently spent, and Keek began to club Hissel with it. Han tried to clock him, but Keek knocked the pilot to the deck with stunning force, then turned to grapple with the other Briggian, their feet shuffling and kicking around the downed human. Unable to get around them and recover his blaster, Han tripped Keek. The inspector sank, taking Hissel with him. Suddenly the scroll, which Keek had dropped, rolled into Han's palm. As Keek was kneeling over the fallen Hissel. Han swung the scroll, connecting solidly with the security chief's skull. Keek's lank body shook with spasms and stiffened. Hissel merely pushed him, and the security chief toppled to the deck. A roar came from behind them. Chewbacca, seeing his partner unharmed, was visibly relieved. Where were you? Han cried. He just about put out my running lights. Rubbing the bruises he had received, Han recovered his pistol. Hitzel, collapsed in an acceleration chair, tried to catch his breath. This isn't my usual line of endeavor, Captain. Thank you. We're sort of even, Han replied with a laugh. Keek began to stir, and Chewbacca the Wookiee snatched him to his feet with one hand. Keek, strong as he was, had better sense than to resist an enraged Wookiee. Han covered Keek's small butt of a nose with the muzzle of his blaster. The security chief's bulging eyes crossed, watching the weapon. That little trick of yours wasn't nice, Keek. I hate sneaks even more than hijackers. I want Hissel's people and my cargo back on board this ship in five minutes, or else you're going to have the wind whistling through your ears. When Hissel's freed colleagues and the controversial cargo were back on board, Han brought Keek to the ramp's head. The Empire will hear of this! the Brigian vowed. It's the death sentence for you. I'll try not to lose sleep over it, Han replied dryly. With the ship's forged papers he had used this trip, he doubted any law agency would be able to trace him. Moreover, this would be, by the preoccupied Empire's lights, a very minor incident. And do yourself a favor. Don't try anything funny when you get clear. There's nothing on this planet with enough firepower to take this ship but you might make me mad. Keek looked at the other Brigians. What of them? Han sounded casual. Oh, I'll drop them off somewhere away from the noise in the crowds. It's legal. A spacer can contract for a surface-to-surface hop if he wants. We're going to take a long orbit so Hissel can try out his broadcasting rig. Hook it into ship's power systems. Keek was no fool. With that much altitude and power... He'll be reaching every receiver on the planet. And what do you think he'll say? Han asked innocently. Something about what the new regime's pulling? It's nothing to me, of course. But I told you pulling a gun on me would be a mistake. I'd be thinking about early retirement if I were you. Chewbacca gave the security chief a shove to start him on his way. Han closed the hatch. By the way, he called over to Bollocks. Thanks for handing me that scroll during the fight. The droid replied with characteristic modesty. After all, sir, the inspector had said it was for you. I can only hope there'll be no repercussions, Captain. What for? For destabilizing a planetary government to get even for having your ship shot up, sir. Serves them right for cheating, Han Solo declared.